So we've taken about half our time to kind of recap and talk portfolios, but this was great. We, you know, this interaction is what we need to be doing when we're when we're video conferencing. So what I'd like to do now is kind of segue to our Google document. And yes, I have 45 minutes to talk about some of this stuff. Um, and I don't want this to be just too, it's probably easy for this to be too much. So before I kind of just jump into it, let's go all the way down to the bottom of the document and let's talk about what I would like for you to do uh, for, for next class. We've got a couple weeks before the next class. So um, it's kind of neat. I don't know if you've seen this in Google Docs, but you can, you can actually insert um, a table of contents. So I did that here. And when you use the formatting of headers, so I, I set this. You can see this. I, I set up, you know, headings, heading one, heading two. Uh, it's kind of cool. It makes this automatic table of contents that you can insert. You have to you have to choose that from the insert menu. It's at the bottom of the insert menu. So anyway, I can click the link here that says assignments, and then you'll go to the very bottom. So we're going to be talking about quick edit video this week and next week. We're going to make videos and share them this week, this session, and next session. And... Um, the, I've got the assignments for, for both of these. There's a lot with YouTube that is important for us to know, like how to use it. And one of your assignments, if you haven't already, is going to be to create a YouTube channel um, with a Gmail account. That can be a personal account or it could be a school one if your school has YouTube turned on for your account. And to make a playlist. And I'm going to show you that here in just a minute. What's a playlist? How do we do a playlist? One of the guys that I used to teach um, fifth grade Sunday school with at our church, or maybe it was a sixth grade, that was all he used YouTube, his YouTube account for. Um, anyway, th so there's stuff that we can, you know, we don't have to be making videos to use YouTube powerfully. But of course, this is about creating. What are we going to create? And so uh, for this week, um, what I'd like for you to do is just to do a quick two to three minute interview of someone and then share that video um, on our website, um, post it, and then also embed it. I'm going to be making all of us, everybody here, um, an administrator of our kid blog. And one of the reasons for that is when you're a, oh no, wait a minute, I don't have to do that. Okay, I'll, I'll post instructions. Um, when you use special embed codes on um, kid blog, it, it takes some of them out and it tries to protect us. Um, but I'll, I'll be putting some instructions about this. You basically will put the link um, just in your post and it will, it will auto embed. It will make that, you know, video link become an embedded video that you can click on. So week two, you've got seven things. Uh, yes, it's a bit, but you're going to create a YouTube channel if you don't already have one. And let me say this. This can be a sandbox account that you uh, don't use your real name. So if you're concerned about that, you can create a, a separate Gmail account um, and, you know, you can name it, um, you know, the, the Montana, um, I don't know what you would call it, the, the, the Montana videos or somebody's already got that. But you basically, you don't have to use your name. And I'm going to give you the option on your videos of making them um, unlisted if you don't want them to be private. The reason I'm encouraging this is I want to try and take away hesitation and fear that you might have about affecting your digital footprint through this class. Now, I think it's very positive for all of us 
to, to have some control over our, our digital footprint when people search for us. Okay? When people search for me, I want them to see things that I've created. Um, and so how do you do that? You have to publish work that you claim and you put your name on and Google indexes it. At the same time, though, you know, I've taught in, in cases where there's been a lot of fear about sharing, especially video. And so you've got different choices. Uh, you don't have to be in any of the videos that you create for this class. However, it's very important that you get permission from anyone who you do video, not only for this class, but ever, and that you, you know, get their permission. Now, I'm not going to require that you get written permission. If you wanted to do that, you, you certainly could. What I do myself when I'm shooting a video that I'm going to share is I'm, I'm taking this video that I'll put on YouTube. You know, is that okay? Make sure that person knows I'm, that's what I'm doing with this. I'm sharing this on YouTube. So, um, creating a channel and a playlist, and then you're going to reply to a post that I will write after, after our class uh, with your, your playlist. Um, that's the first part of your assignment. The second part of the assignment tonight is going to be that I want you to, to, to record a video, and that's not going to be with anything fancy. You can use just the regular camera app on your iPad, and then the, uh, there's several ways that you can upload those. Um, the way that I'll recommend is with a free app that's called YouTube Capture, and it will just, it, once you sign in, it uploads it right, right to your account. All right, that's the assignment. It's a, it's a multi-part assignment, but the reason for that is I want to address ways that we can use YouTube um, for videos that other people have created and you know learn some more things about those possibilities, but then get to creating and sharing. I think having a YouTube channel as a teacher, as a place where we can share you know, video we create, video our students create, that of course the students and parents give permission for, all that permission stuff. I think that's one of the most important things for us to have as teachers today. And the reason is, uh, think about this like channels, okay? I don't know if you can, and I can't, I was born in 1970, right? So we had a lot of channels. We didn't have like three channels. But I've heard of times when there were only like, there was only one television channel. You know, there were only three channels. Um, when you have a channel, you have an opportunity to put content into that channel and share it with an audience. Now, it's crazy, right? I don't know how many channels you all have if, if you have cable or satellite. Uh, we've, we canceled our cable a couple of years ago when we moved, but we have Netflix, right? So what does that mean? Well, we watch, I think my family watches more, you know, television on Netflix than um, we ever did with cable. And in fact, I just read an article that Netflix now accounts for one third of all internet traffic globally, you know, during prime time. And Netflix just gave a whole bunch of money to Comcast and there's debates over, over all that because essentially AT&T and Comcast and the, the, the last mile providers of internet connection are saying, hey, we can't afford to upgrade this. Okay, anyway, you and I as teachers, video is so powerful and what video can communicate is amazing. That audio we just heard from Evan and Andrew and Madison was great and it had a picture with it. And 
I wouldn't change a thing about that because if they were trying to shoot video, you know, it, it's harder to capture high quality video than it is to just have a recorder on and then take a picture that goes with it. But that being said, there is so much that can be communicated with video with, and with media. We all need it in our toolkit. Uh, so there's, a, there's another metaphor for you. I could go to my garage right now, pull out my toolkit. I got hammers, I got screwdrivers, um, I've got drill bits, you know, I've got different things because I need to be prepared for whatever, you know, dad has to fix at the house, which honestly I'm not that much of a handyman, but sometimes, you know, I do things. So it's like a, like a teacher toolkit. What do you need in your t- teacher toolkit? My opinion is, we all need a place to be able to put video. So I'm not going to go over the week three assignment. You can t- kind of take a look at that. But it's basically we're going to do iMovie next week and talk about how to do basic editing. It's ne- when I wrote my book, my first book in 2011, you couldn't edit video on YouTube. Now you can actually edit video um, once you upload it to YouTube. And so, you know... Some of the things that we can we can do, we may want to do on this device, but it's also possible to, to use other tools. So um, I think what I'd like to do now is that's kind of that's kind of the assignment. Let me let me see if anybody's got any questions or any clarifications, and I'll just we'll just kind of go down. And if you if you don't have any, you can just give me a thumbs down. You don't even have to say anything, but you can jump in. We'll go to John uh, in Missoula. John, any questions or anything you want to ask assignment wise after that? Quick overview, and John just disappeared. So maybe he had to go go handle uh, receipts at the book fair. We'll come back to John. Uh, how about Kalispell? Any questions or clarifications you all want to ask for about the assignment? Nope. Okay. Twin Bridges. Nope. Okay. All right. So. Um, Let's let's jump into some 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 videos. So th- this chapter, like I said, I mean, I feel like there's there's just a lot of of great content here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and show this first video um, by a show of hands because I can see most of your hands. Has anybody seen the Google Zeitgeist video for 2013? It's a summary of what people searched for in 2013. Has anybody seen that before? No. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this a try, and you're going to, and I'm going to ask you to tell me how well this works over video. I think it, I think it works okay. It's not going to look awesome on the join me link, but I'm going to share my screen, and then I'm going to go ahead and play, um, play this video. And the reason why I'm, I'm going to share this video is because, um, well, number one, this is a summary of what people searched for last year. As you watch this, I want you to think about contrasting the experience of watching this to what this would look like as just a list or, you know, just an essay or an article, um, t- thinking about the power of video. And we'll see how, how well this t- turns out over our conferencing system. Okay, so John, how was that? Did that play smooth enough or was it choppy or what was that experience like? Okay, and they did okay. All right. So actually, that's one of the reasons I like video conferencing because when we do webinars on 
uh, Blackboard Collaborate or you know Adobe Connect or these other things, it's um, it sometimes it's a little more challenging to be able to share a video. Um, I this is the first time I've actually used this in a class. There's a Zeitgeist for 2012, and again, this is like a visual summary of the main things that people globally search for using Google, and um, I like it because. How many references were there in 90 seconds? And I, I think the one from 2012 is even more powerful than this one is. But um, it just, video is so, so powerful. And so um, this outline that I've given you the Google Doc for is going to be becoming the, the book chapter. Um, and I'm hopeful that I'll be able to do that for you um, in draft form before our next class. When I have there a bullet about consumption versus creation, I've already referenced that, but, but I really want to encourage all of us to consume media and videos in, in more clever and, and uh, savvy ways, but also be creating them and sharing them. And um, I was listening to uh, a podcast that was, I don't know, talking about, I, I think the World Wide Web just had its birthday or something. There was, they were looking back. And saying that a lot of people, as they've thought of the Internet, have really thought about television. You know, we tend to look at new media through our old lenses and our old glasses. And the Internet is so much more and the web is so much more than just television now on our computer. Um, yes, Netflix has a third of all Internet traffic in prime time in the United, you know, in the United States. But <laughs> the fact that you know, we can create so much media and share and, you know, the networks that are that are being created. It's just it's so much more. And and I think this is a big part of the shift that we're that we have as, you know, to as learners, but also as teachers is to do this personally, to become more media creators and sharers and to help our students do that as well. Um, I put in there the ethic of minimal clicks or minimal steps. Uh, that's a concept that I wrote in my first playing with media book. Sorry, my golden retriever is making noise. Willow, give me that. Um, that that idea is, you know, if a process takes, you know, twenty steps or thirty steps to do. I've taken this away from my dog. Go. Um, <laughs> and now it can take five steps because there's an iPad app for it. Um, I don't know how many of you have shot video with a camcorder. Like, I have some in my garage. They, they take tapes. You know, you had to go buy tapes to put in the camcorder, and you had to shoot, and then you had to plug it into your computer and import it, and it was this long process. I mean, one of the camcorders I have, you know, we got a loan from Best Buy because it cost like, it was $1,200 or $1,500. <laughs> now, being able to, you know, shoot video and not have to import it, you can directly share it, and, you know, having YouTube as a platform that will basically play on anyone's device, as long as it's not blocked. Anyway, that, that's gigantic. Um, fourth thing here, and I don't know if I'm going to end up going through all these or not, um, but this is linked, is metadata. Metadata is important. Oops, that's the wrong link. Sorry. Metadata is important because these are, the, these are the pieces of information that let you find stuff, okay? So when you share a video online, you have a chance to put a title on it, you have a chance to put a description, and there are also things called tags, which are like keywords. The reason that's important, um, you know, would be 
uh, so that I can search and find something when when I'm on a search engine. And it also means that it becomes findable. So um, here's an example. I'm going to go to Google right now, and one of the events that I've shot video for before is called a Trapper's Rendezvous, which is a camp out that reenact. In fact, yeah, this is, you guys know a lot more about this probably in Montana than, than, than I do. Uh, but it reenacts the um, mountain men, you know, in the early 1800s that were trapping beaver and all kinds of other pelts. There's about 5,000 scouts that convene uh, on, a, on a campsite that's up in Kansas. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just Google this. I'm going to say Trapper's Rendezvous. Um, video. All right, and what comes up uh, second? This 14-minute video, and I don't know if you can see this, by Wesley Fryer. Okay, and when you do a Google search and you're you're logged in, you do get a customized set of results. I can open up what's called an incognito window, meaning I'll go to File and say new incognito, and now I'm doing a search, not logged in. Well, that's still the second hit um, that comes up. And so this is a video that I shot. What's not on there? Well, uh, what I have on, I have a coyote that goes all the way down my back here. And uh, these two are wolves' faces, uh, the black and white. Uh, I have a wolverine pelt right here, and rabbit Okay, I'm going to I'm going to mute it and I'm not going to play the whole thing. But this video um is a is a compilation of of videos shots that I took with my iPhone at this campout and how is it that that people can Google for it? If you know the name of this campout, Trapper's Rendezvous, you know, it's coming up in Google and there were only you know, 55,000 hits. That's not that many hits in the, in the grand scheme of things for Google, but it's because of meta information. So the point of saying that is when you upload information to YouTube, for instance, or to other sites, you really want to put meta information with it so that you can find it later and potentially so that other people could find it. Um, now, if you don't want other people to find it, there's ways of keeping it unlisted and private. But in general, when we share something publicly... We want it to be discoverable. Um, I've got a link on here to um, a, a support article from Apple that's called Understanding Capacity. Um, one of the important issues that comes up with video is, oh my gosh, it takes so much space. This may have changed. I don't think it has. But in the early versions of, well, in every version of the iPad that I know of, you can only shoot high-definition video. You can't say, oh, wow, I only have 16 gigs on this iPad and I only have you know, two gigs free uh, and I want to shoot a 30 minutes of video. I don't want to shoot it at full high definition. So um, maybe there are some apps that we can find that will allow us to shoot at a lower quality or maybe Apple will change that. But that means that when you shoot a lot of video, it takes a lot of space. I was looking to try and find a, the, um, the table to say, hey, if you shoot an hour of video, it's this much. I know it's about a gigabyte, um, but it, I'll, I'll try to find that. But you, you basically end up with really large files. Um, I think that the limit is 50 minutes. I've done some recording with my iPad of, of lectures um, at our church, and uh, I've had it stop after 50 minutes, and then I had to start a new file. We're not going to be doing long recordings like that, but that article that I referenced is good 
because of, of several things. Number one, you'll want to manage the space on your iPad. You'll want to look at your iPad and see how much storage you have available before you're going to go you know, do an interview. If you only have 300 megabytes of space free, you're not going to be able to shoot probably even a five-minute video. You're going to need more space that will be free. And that article helps explain some things about capacity and where you can, you can see on your iPad, depending on the version you, of the operating system, how much storage do I have and what's using the space. And so it might be that you end up downloading pictures or video from your iPad to your, your laptop or your desktop. Um, make sure, by the way, that you're backing up your media <laughs> Uh, a woman at our church, a friend of my wife's, had never backed up her iPhone, and she'd had her iPhone for like three or four years at least, I don't know exactly how long, but years. She lost her iPhone, it got damaged, I think, it got dropped, never had backed it up, it, it was done, she, it was not recoverable, they couldn't get those pictures off, so... Uh, periodically, we want to be probably taking our media off of our device and either putting it on the web or putting it on our laptop. Um, I didn't bring uh, my cable. Let me grab it. One thing that I encourage you to do, if you haven't done this already, is you know practice taking your media off of your iPad and putting it onto a computer. Um, you can plug it in. There's, there are several ways, and I've got some links to apps and other things that you can do. Um, but sometimes that's the fastest way to get your media off your, your iPad or your iPhone, is just to plug it in and transfer it over um, to your computer. Um, I'll show you a quick example of a, of a YouTube channel and of, of some quick edit video. Maybe I've got these, I may have these linked somewhere else, but um, I'll, I'm going to pull this up. I created for our, our school district um, this semester a channel, and it's just IES Yukon. And a couple things to notice here. First of all, when you create a channel on YouTube, you have a chance to name it. And the name of this channel is IES, which is Independence Elementary, Yukon. And so we can actually just put in that as a link. YouTube.com slash IES Yukon, and it's going to pull that up for people to be able to see. Um, on Monday, when we got back from uh, spring break, which was last week, our assistant principal had made a deal with the, the kids that if there weren't any discipline referrals on Friday before spring break, she would come sing a song at our school assembly. And we've got about 600 students, and we meet in the gym every morning. And so one of our teachers took her iPhone and she recorded this video of Miss Bradley. Now, uh, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but it was about two and a half minutes long. And I really wanted it to just start when she started singing. So I took the iPhone of, of Ms. Pinot, who recorded it, plugged it into my Dell desktop computer in my room, and I copied the video over and put it on YouTube. Once it was on YouTube now, I was able to say, here, why don't you start this a little bit later? And so here's the beginning of this video.
Okay. Were you able to were you able to hear that okay? Or was that muted? It worked? Okay. So and it's really funny to see our teachers start to dance in the background. All right, that's a quick edit video. That video was shot on an iPhone. The teacher did a good job holding it as still as she could so we weren't jumping around like the Blair Witch Project, and we just put it on YouTube. Um, your assignment for this week is going to be to do a short interview with somebody and share that video. That's part of, part of your assignment. And the other thing that, that I'd say uh, for our school, in fact, hang on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add the link. This document that we're working on here is um, live. So here's the IES Yukon YouTube channel. And I'll put a link to this. And then the other thing that I want to just share, and this is a little project that I started <clears throat> this year in November when I came to our school, is just doing some short interviews with our teachers. So on our website, we have a, a section for faculty where we've got everybody's email address. But we've started to do interviews with different people, and you can click the little link uh, beside their name that has a camera, or we've got a sidebar link that says faculty videos. So um, these are embedded videos of our teachers um, answering basically three quick questions. Um, and I won't play this whole thing, but I'll play a little bit of this one. I am Carissa Sproul, I'm the music teacher. I've been teaching for 12 years, uh, 10 in Yukon. Before I came here, I taught in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, it was a lot of fun, it was a really interesting crowd, a very uh, diverse student population. I had a lot of Muslim students, and I had to learn a lot about um, Ramadan. And my husband started buying a strange instrument, so this is a dumbek. Um And then my latest birthday present, was a ukulele, which is kind of popular right now, and I'm trying to learn this by watching YouTube videos. So it seems to be working okay. Okay, so I will not play the whole thing for you. Um, I'll share the I'll share this link in our Google Google Doc. So these are teacher videos from IES, um, but it's an example where a few years ago. There's no way we would have done this. It's just, we don't have professional videographer folks who come in and interview stuff. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do it. But taking a phone, recording a little video, sharing it on our website, um, is, it's a doable thing today because we have a YouTube channel. Um, and uh, I've found it to be a really nice way of building community. Uh, the questions that we're asking teachers are, Tell us a little bit about your professional background. Tell us about something you do for fun that's not to do with school. And then tell us about something you've learned recently. And so those are the questions. And so that's, that's kind of fun. Um, there are some other things to think about as far as storyboarding a video project and framing a shot. The main thing I'd say is when you do your interview for our, for our next session, try to get a pretty close shot. Um, the microphone that's on your iPad, it's built in, is going to pick up much better when you're close. So you don't want to have a ton of background noise. And it's just generally more interesting when you have that close-up shot. Um, we are now used to seeing documentaries on the Discovery Channel or PBS or, you know, whatever, you know, reality TV. There's all kinds of these. And there are two different kinds of shots. In fact, I didn't put this on here, but there's something called an A-roll shot, which is a headshot, 
and there's a B-roll shot which establishes uh, context. You never see a documentary where you're only seeing the talking head person. Usually you see that person talk for a little bit, and then it shifts and shows if it's a cooking show. Here's the, here's the kitchen, you know, here's the, the, pa- the, the pastries that they're making or whatever. We're not doing that in this part of the class, all right? We're just doing an A-roll shot. Um, later, as you get into more digital storytelling, you can mix that up and you can have different kinds of shots that you bring in. But you're just going to basically be interviewing somebody. Um, it's always good to give them the questions in advance to let them think them, think them over. And again, make sure you get permission. Um, below that, it, there's a, a, a uh, suggested workflow. And I, I kind of like this. This comes from our Story Chaser group talking about planning, producing, pruning, and publishing. Uh, those are all, you know, P's. So if you like everything to start with one letter. Um, but that kind of a workflow, you know, can work for a quick edit video. It can also work for a longer video. Um, we may not do as much pruning or editing, but we're going to plan what we're going to do. We're going to go out and shoot the video. Um, one thing to keep in mind, this is important, is don't put your finger over the microphone, okay? On your iPad, and I don't know if they've changed the, the location of this or not on different models, but on mine, um, they've got a microphone that's right over the, the top camera. And I think this is also a microphone that's on top. There's a little hole that's on the, on the top above the forward-facing camera. So <laughs> I have made this mistake before where I shot video and I had my finger over the microphone. Guess what? I didn't get it, you know, very good audio. So you're, you're going to want to practice, um, you know, trial and error. I have found it's always a good idea to play the video right after you shoot it. Because in doing that, sometimes I've discovered, oops, I had my finger over the microphone. And, and so can we retake that? It, much better to find that out right away when you, you still have the person in front of you than later when, you know, you've all gone different places and you can't. Um, you know, very readily say, hey, we got to reshoot, reshoot that video. Um, one of the big issues that's going to come up when it comes to creating media in general is copyright. And so I've given you a link to the chapter on copyright from my first book, Playing With Media. I just put this entire um, chapter online. It looks like I need to fix these pictures. The, the pictures are broken, so I will I'll write that on my list of to-dos um, to fix those. I actually moved my moved my websites uh, over over the holiday, and I think I've maybe neglected to fix those. But, um, you know, the I guess the main takeaway on copyright when it comes to, you know, can we do this? Can we use this? Um, I, the graphic isn't there. Um, I really like this little acronym, uh, Harry Potter Can Fly. You can get things that are homegrown, meaning they're media that you have created originally, you can get public domain things that are not copyrighted because they've been put in the public domain or like the work of Mark Twain or the pictures NASA takes. They're, they're owned by the public because of time or because you know the government did them. You can get Creative Commons licensed images or work, which means people have already given you permission. And then there's fair use. Copyright is a very misunderstood thing. In general, most teachers... I've heard people say things like 10% or 30% or, you know, these really firm, firm limits. I'll just refer you to that chapter. It goes in a little bit more depth into, into copyright. What we're talking about creating here 
is homegrown media. We're not taking clips from, you know, from DVDs. We're, we're not, you know, taking pictures from other places. Uh, we're just, we're shooting video, and so we're on really strong copyright grounds. Um, but there are definite uh, abilities that we have in the United States to use media that other people have even copyrighted when we use it in small pieces, when we make something transformative, and when we're not commercially benefiting from it. So that... Um, that that is a good reference for you. Um, wow, I see I have six minutes left. Um, I need to teach you how to make a playlist. So I'm going to skip over some of these um, other uh, videos. Oh, and I guess I did have the teacher video interviews linked underneath YouTube concepts. If you scroll down to that section, um, I've got a got a few different examples. Um, I'll I will show you this. Um, Marty Brandle is a teacher who is in Minnesota. And I saw him present at a conference a few years ago. He's a math teacher, and he teaches Algebra 2, among other courses. And he has almost 2 million views on his videos. Um, and you can do that by clicking the About link. He's got 3,000 subscribers, and today he has 1,995,904 views. Now, YouTube and all this isn't just about number of views and going viral. But what I want to point out is... Here is a math teacher at a high school in Minnesota who has discovered the power of video and has learned that there are so many benefits to being able to share video that his students can play on multiple devices at different times. And he even he did one last night, graphing equations with a limited domain. I'm not going to play that one for you. Um, but anyway, there's some different examples that you can see. Um, what I want to show you now in our last five minutes is how to create a playlist. And a playlist is a linked group of YouTube videos that you pick a topic for and, and you share. And um, one of the things that you can do with your channel, and I'm just on my channel um, right now, is you can choose to show different playlists. So for instance, I've made a playlist of, of iPad tutorials. There's a playlist of workshops I've done over video on playing with media. Now it also sh um, shows the videos that I have liked. And there, there's choices that you have to make about YouTube. How much do you want to share? My youngest child is in fourth grade and um, she loves My Little Ponies. She has learned how to draw My Little Ponies by watching YouTube videos of other people doing it. And we've set up her YouTube account where when she likes a video, it shows it, and it's interesting to see what she is watching, and, you know, we're having these conversations. Should she be watching YouTube and doing these searches, and, you know, we're checking in with her and our other kids. It's It no longer works to say, just leave the internet in the living room, right, when, when people have phones and iPads, and she has a Microsoft Surface tablet. Anyway, you need to decide, and, and I think by default, YouTube wants you to share. So you could choose not to show your digital footprints of where you're, where you're uh, um, liking videos and commenting. But by default, those are shared, and those are, those are called playlists. So um, here's um, a playlist that, I've cr that I have created for Minecraft. Um, we're using Minecraft in our STEM class, and my son is a real big uh, Minecraft fan. And so the way that you add a video to a playlist on YouTube is, first of all, you log in. So you're logged into your account. And um, 
There was one that, that one of my students just showed me yesterday. I'll Google for it. Um, the guy is called Seth Bling, and he is a, a Minecraft YouTube sharer. And so there was a video that he um, created that taught about doing redstone. Or no, it was about command blocks. So I'm going to click search and search on his channel, and I'm going to type command block. I'm finding a, a, a unique video that he's created, and there it is. It has almost a million views all about command blocks in YouTube. Being able to do what I just did, knowing the name of the channel and searching for it, is a good example of meta information. If he hadn't titled his video um, with the word command block, I wouldn't be able to search for it. And being able to search on his channel is an example of something that you can do in YouTube that um, is it's powerful. I mean, we used to think we needed to have all these bookmarks and organize them on our computer. Today, that's not so much the case. If you can search for something and find it when you need it, then you know you can use it. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to add this to my playlist. When you're looking at a YouTube video, underneath the title, you have links that say About, Share, and Add To. When I click Add To, it's going to bring up all of the playlists that I have created. And if I want to create a new one, there's a space there that says Enter a New Playlist Name. And so um, the playlist that I want to add this to, I guess I actually did it yesterday already, is called Minecraft Tutorials. And so uh, when I click that box, then it's going to add that playlist to Minecraft Tutorials. Uh, last thing, we're almost out of time, is that when you're on YouTube um, and you're logged in, you can click on your picture up here in the upper right corner. And I think I'm actually going to make a screencast of this. I'm So kind of, this is a lot to try to throw at you. And it's the end of our hour and a half. And this is not, not it's not the optimal time to learn new things. Um, but up here in the corner, I'll do a screencast of this that so we can look at a little bit later. There's something that's called the video manager. And this is where you have access to all the videos that you've created and you have an opportunity to change settings for them. You can also see playlists and your search history and things that you've liked and all, all kinds of different things. So um, we spent just a little bit more time, I guess, than I had thought we might on our sharing part. But that is great. I, I'm glad that we you know, were able to have different people share and we asked some questions. That's why I wanted this to be an hour and a half and not just an hour because it's not enough time to present new material and, you know, have, have folks share. So I will be sharing a post on our blog that will give a little more explanation about our assignment. It's at the bottom of that Google document. Um, broadly speaking, your, your two things that you're going to be doing are you're going to make a playlist, and I'll put a little screencast about that, going through those steps a little bit more, and you're going to shoot a little short interview video that you're going to post on the blog. The playlist, you'll just reply to a post that I'll do, and for the actual video, you'll post it on YouTube, and then you'll, you'll put it on the kid blog for us to be able to see. So, oh, my... Uh, my clock says it is 7.01, so I think I have gone over for a minute, although we did start just a few minutes late, but I don't want to hold us over. So let me see if you've got any last-minute questions, and then I think we will we'll wrap it up. And the good news is we're not done with this because there's a lot around video, and we're going to 
be talking about these themes next week. And I want to encourage you to email me your questions, post your questions on the kid blog, and bring your questions uh, because we'll wrestle with those next week uh, or in two weeks when we get back together. So.